Everlasting Father, we thank you. You have been faithful to us, oh God. You are a good God. Your mercy endures forever. We worship you today. Thank you for the refined platform. Thank you because certainly we have been refined indeed. Thank you, Father, because your word is refining us. Thank you because your spirit is refining us. Lord, we worship you because we are certain that by the time we are done on this platform with this refined program, our lives can never remain the same again. We worship you for loading us for with eternal truth for a great future. We thank you for committing to us divine secrets, divine mysteries for a glorious life and ministry. Lord, we say be exalted in the name of Jesus. Thank you because your word is changing us. You know, I want you to just listen to this song. It just came to my spirit and I want us to sing it. You know, just listen to me sing it. It's changing us. God's word is changing us. No one else can do what our God is doing. It's changing us. Hey, refining us. God's words refining us. No one else can do what the world is doing refining us i'll take it one more time he's changing us our god is changing us no one else can do what god's word is doing refining us father we thank you because your word indeed is refining us we worship your holy name <laughs> be exalted because your spirit is refining us <laughs> we thank you because we march as pure gold refined gold oh god <laughs> oh glory to your name father in jesus mighty name we pray glory to god amen and amen all right um we are going into today's um teaching and i'm so excited because we are going to be ministering on um, one of the topics under our para ministry curriculum which is ministry and marriage what an important duo glory to god i'm just so excited about this amen but you know before i start today's teaching we are going to write a brief test so just relax it's not anything you know serious it's on the subject um the ministry of the pastor's wife now the aim of this test is to test medium-term memory glory to god we want to see how well you've retained what you've been taught in this short while some weeks ago we did this teaching and we want to test it glory to god now you don't need to refer to your book just be sincere it's not about the scoring of mark we are testing memory hallelujah glory to jesus okay so the questions will be posted on the page right now and you have just 20 minutes 
by 6 p.m i will be starting the teaching god bless you all right so today i'm going to be ministering on ministry and marriage wow Everlasting Father, we thank you for the ministry of your word. We thank you, Lord, because you are at work in us. I yield myself to you right now, Lord, that you will minister to your precious daughters through me. I yield myself to you that from this moment, it is you speaking through me in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, ministry and marriage. This is one of the topics that people are usually very excited about. It's a little different from the ministry of a pastor's wife. So you might need to really listen as we move on in this topic. Now, ministry and marriage. These are uh, two important duos. Glory to God. And um, if not well understood, one can hinder the other. But if this is well understood if ministry and marriage is well understood and well you know merged together it can become a powerful force for destiny and ministry fulfillment hallelujah glory to god so by way of introduction i am starting with a question today amen what has informed your definition your perspective and your idea of marriage amen what exactly has formed your perspective your idea of marriage glory to god now every believer needs to be able to trace this so that you can determine the additions and the negatives that you have carried you know on so that by the instrument of God's word, you can begin to strengthen the good things based on God's word that you have known about marriage and um, begin to delete, as it were, begin to renew your mind to those things that are negatives that you have imbibed as an idea of marriage. Amen. Now, you would notice that a number of things form the idea of marriage that people have. And that is why my question to you is that what has formed your idea of marriage? What idea of marriage do you have? Glory to God. What perspective of marriage do you have? Is it marriages around you? Are there is it that the marriages around you have formed your perspective? especially the marriage of your parents now more often than not most women most children even sons are direct victims of the parents marriage somehow the marriage between your dad and your mom its quality and its quantity have rubbed up on you and it's as imputed into your idea of marriage and that's where you need to be sensitive to begin to change your mind to begin to rethink these things by the instrument of god's word begin to separate yourselves from the ideas of marriage you caught while growing up that are not in line with god's word amen sometimes his experiences the experiences of those around you, your auntie, your uncle, you know, your, your cousins, ideas that their marriages have imposed upon your mind that you have carried. 
for some it's something that happened you know between your uncle and his wife and because of that you now have a reaction to it that is extreme glory to god you now have an extreme reaction i'll give you an example a young lady who grew up seeing the dad beat the mom while they were growing up developed an attitude she was not aware of you know she had become a woman that was on the edge that was ready to bite any man who attempts to even you know correct her or raise his voice as ah because of the sight that she kept seeing while growing up if she does not heal up and be old from that experience yes as bad as that experience is she must be whole from it if she's not whole from that experience she will carry a backlog of that into her marriage and even her husband that does not mean any harm that does not even mean to, you know, lift a hand against her, would have to suffer the consequences. And this is one of the reasons many marriages don't work. Because people have to suffer consequences of what they know nothing about. God forbid. Hallelujah. So, is it the books you have read? You know, a number of us read books, read a lot of fantasies. Even you developed your own fantasies in your mind. Is that what has affected your idea of marriage? Amen. Is it your emotions and your feelings or your friends, your colleagues in school, your colleagues at work? Amen. Hallelujah. What exactly has influenced your idea of marriage? Glory to God. Or is it the word of God? <laughs> May I announce to you that every Christian marriage must have the word of God inform their perspective of marriage. I must warn you that many things will try to influence your perspective of marriage. But one of the things you can do for yourself is to be deliberate about allowing just the word of God influence your marriage, not even your experiences. Amen and amen. Glory to God. All right. So it is key that the word of God forms one's idea and one's perspective of marriage by way of introduction i need you to know that marriage is god's exclusive idea the reason many marriages fail is because they are built on foundations on systems that did not source marriage as beautiful as america is they are not the source of marriage as beautiful as culture is, culture did not source marriage. The idea of marriage came from God. Marriage is exclusively God's idea. It was when the Holy Spirit began to show me this, that, you know, everything about my idea and concept of marriage was revolutionized. He said God cannot create something that is terrible, something that will not work, something that will make a woman a slave. No, that's not God's idea of marriage. Glory to God. So God is the one that sourced marriage. And here is the challenge. Anytime anything that did not source a thing tries to sustain it, you know, discarding the source, it can never survive. I'll say that again. Anytime, 
any system, anything that did not source a thing, is trying to sustain it, discarding its, its source, it can never work. It can never work. It can never work. Hallelujah. It's just an example that we see in nature every day. You know, you cannot buy a Toyota car and Mercedes-Benz is telling you how to run it. Glory to God. They have their individualities. They have what they have put together to form their car. Amen. It belongs to Toyota. So you want to repair it, and it's one of the challenges in Nigeria. Someone who has a Toyota car wants to repair it, takes it to a Dazoo mechanic. Because a Dazoo mechanic does not even know that um, he is a Dazoo mechanic and he should, you know, settle for it or a Nissan mechanic. But he feels that a car is a car. Just like many systems today feel like marriage is marriage. Amen. So many things are trying to define marriage that did not source marriage. Culture is trying to define marriage. And you see how marriage varies from different groups, different cultures. You know, for some culture, uh, marriage is, the idea of marriage is a polygamy. A man marrying as many wives as he wants so far he can take care of them. You know, um, some cultures believe that a man should not marry a woman. is a woman that should marry a man. In fact, some cultures go as strong as when there is marriage, the man changes his name to the woman's name. <laughs> Glory to God. So there are some cultures too that believe that a man and a man can get married. A woman and a woman can get married. In fact, they are being benevolent in unrighteousness enough to extend it to animals. Some now say a man can marry an animal. It's just the problem of what did not source a thing, trying to sustain it, discarding the source. And it can only destroy it. It can only corrupt it. It can never be the same. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God's idea of marriage is exclusive. God's idea of marriage stands out. God's idea of marriage cannot be thwarted. God's idea of marriage is eternal. And anytime marriage is less than what God intended it and created it to be, there will always be problem. So the idea of marriage, or for us to have a good marriage, we need to go back to the foundation. Amen. We need to ensure that what is founding our idea and perspective of marriage is actually the word of God. Glory to God. Now, the second question I have for you is that what is influencing your perspective of marriage? Now that you are married, what is reshaping your ideas of marriage? Amen. That's another critical point. A number of people, especially believers, they start out in life having some, you know, godly ideas of marriage, divine ideas of marriage. But as they enter into marriage, they begin to allow some things to reshape in their ideas of marriage. Hallelujah. So is it your husband that is reshaping your idea of marriage, the way he treats you, the way he talks to you that you don't like? And now what are that, that beautiful idea of marriage you have, you are changing it. You are giving it up to embrace another thing, another idea of another source. Amen and amen. So to the married woman, 
what exactly is reshaping your idea of marriage? Is it your experiences? Is it those odds, those pain? Hallelujah. Those moments that you are so odd you don't even know who to talk to about what is going on. Amen. Is it your friends at work? Ah, uh, you know, you get to work. One of my, one of my mentees told me how that she, in her office, everyone believes that it's normal for a married man to have girlfriends. Don't do yourself. Just make sure he's taking care of you and your children. It's just normal. Hallelujah. You know, and they have absorbed it. They have accepted it as a normal life. Some mm -hmm. even going to the extent of loading their husbands with condoms that please just ensure you use condom when you are doing it. So somehow they have settled for the fact that is a norm is a norm amen is it parents parents are they should be shaping your idea of marriage or neighbors another one i've seen in this age that we need to watch is africa magic do you know that africa magic right now is giving people an idea reshaping the ideas of marriage and it will it will be alarming how it has created suspicion amongst couples. How, you know, it has created processes just watching African marriage. So as movies influence and is reshaping your ideas of marriage, these are the things we need to look into today. Hallelujah. All right. Many of the things I want to teach you today, I learned from the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And I want to teach you, they have been things that I have practiced over the years that I have lived my life by. And I tell you, it's just the winning perspective to marriage. It is God's idea of marriage. And the first and very important, if not most important statement I'm going to make tonight is that marriage, Christian marriage, must start from a standpoint of faith. Amen. I mean, I remember when the Holy Spirit said this to me, after some years of marriage, I was shocked. It must start from a standpoint of faith. Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4 The just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11 The just, you know, the just must just live by faith. Glory to God. And so the Lord revealed to me that Christian marriage must start from a standpoint of faith. And what does that mean? It means that you need to understand God's idea of marriage. You need to have the perception of marriage that god has amen and um, if i'm going to go into that today it's going to be a lot but basically let me just mention a few ideas of marriage that are scriptural the first idea of marriage that is scriptural is that god is the source of marriage Marriage is God's exclusive idea. It's not your idea. It's not your parents' idea. It's not your grandparents' idea. It's not Yoruba idea. It's not Igbo idea. It's not Hausa idea. Marriage is not, you know, an Islamic idea. It is not an American idea. It is not an Asian idea. Marriage is exclusively from God. And um, one book that shows us God's idea god's perspective of things is the bible now let me say this about the bible something that we all need to know you know the bible is just like god created man 
of course when god created man nobody was a christian nobody was a muslim he created adam amen and having created adam adam fell alongside his wife eve and when they fell they fell from grace from that moment god began to plan their redemption how to bring man back to himself okay and along the line, men became desperately wicked. They did not even know God anymore. They began to do things in their way, sensual and devilish. So God needed to call the attention of man back to himself. So all he did was to go after one man, the man Abraham. And he caught a covenant with that man that, see, if you will follow me, I will make you and your descendants my people. In other words, to catch the attention of the world that there is a God in heaven. There is a true God. Other people don't even know any God anywhere. You know, fornication was on rampage. Sexual sins, no limits. Nobody was defining anything. Evil was on the increase. People killing, people murdering. People began to worship things they did not know because man is created to worship. There's something in man that wants to worship. Even those so-called atheists, they worship. Some of them worship money. Some of them worship football. Football is like a god to them. You know, but there is just something in man that must worship. Why? Because we are created to worship God. Glory to God. So God caught the attention of the man Abraham and raised his generation. The idea was not that it was only abraham isaac and jacob that he loved no that was what david was saying that where god is going is that he's still going to harvest the entire world but at a time when nobody knew him he need to call the attention of one man to himself to draw that man close be that man's god so that he could provoke others to see that indeed there is a god in heaven there is a god called the god of abraham and you notice that in the old testament that was what happened look at the book of daniel king nebuchadnezzar he had to acknowledge that there is no god like the true god so that was what god was doing amen so christianity if you look at it is not a religion it is god reaching out to the human race amen but you know the enemy has successfully though he has failed in jesus name in the minds of some, categorize Christianity as a religion. Christianity is not about a set of rules. It is life. It is living life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. John 10, 10. I have come that you might have life. This say I have come to bring you a religion called Christianity. In fact, the word Christianity was first of all mentioned in the book of Acts and it was in Athens where the Christians were, where believers in Jesus Christ were named Christian. It's not a word that Jesus Christ himself brought. The word Jesus brought was be born again. Be born again. Again, every man was born the first time and he's saying every man needs to be born a second time born of the spirit and born of the world so the earlier you dismantle this idea of christianity being a religion you know the better for you and see that this is god himself reaching out to the human race to mankind because there is a recreation that is going on hallelujah so we are talking about marriage marriage is exclusively God's idea I said okay and that's the number one point number two God created and ordained marriage to be between one man 
and one woman not between one man and wo many women not between many women and one man not between a man and a man not between a woman and a woman and um, of course not between man and dog or animals hallelujah so that is the second point god's idea of marriage is one man to one wife glory to god Amen. Now, if you study the book of Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, you will see it clearly there that marriage was God's idea. Because it was not Adam that went to God at any point to complain that, Oh God, can't you see that I am single? I am lonely. It was God himself that said in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18 that it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make for him a helpmate. I will make for him an help suitable for him, a companion, suitable for him, a helper, suitable for him. So it was God's idea. And when God was to create man, God took, I mean, to create the woman, he caused the man to sleep a deep sleep and brought the woman out of the man. Glory to God. Took a rib from the man and formed into a woman. It tells you that the completeness of man, of manhood, is a man and a woman. When a man and a woman come together, that is completeness. Little wonder, Bible says, that one shall chase a thousand and two shall chase ten thousands. He says two are better than one for they have a, a, a greater reward for their labor. Hallelujah. So it's so beautiful. Can you imagine in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 when God was going to describe the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church the only thing he could use to describe it was marriage. Hallelujah. So it tells you how God holds marriage in high esteem. It tells you how God himself sourced marriage and wants marriage to be. Now in the book of Genesis chapter 3, man fell. Bible says to that God said to Adam not to eat of the fruit of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That the day he eats of that tree, he will surely die. And in the book of Genesis chapter 3 you know Eve was the first person to eat that fruit but have you ever noticed that when Eve ate that fruit nothing happened to her it was not until she gave it to her husband with her to eat that the eyes of them both were opened why because man is the source of creation. Adam was the source, the first man. Preeminence is ease. He was the first man until that first man got corrupted. You know, corruption could not enter into the human race. So the moment Adam ate of the fruit, their eyes were open. Now, there is something important I need to call your attention to. What we call the fall that happened in the book of Genesis chapter number three did not just affect man, did not just affect the dominion that God 
God gave man did not just affect the spirit of man in that man died, did not just affect who began to rule the world, it also affected the institution of marriage. Hallelujah. The fall affected the institution of marriage. God's plan for marriage is one man, one woman. Amen. And immediately after the fall, you know, marriage was distorted. Hallelujah. So, you will discover that from the book of Genesis chapter 3, up until when Jesus came, God said little about marriage. And why did he do this? Marriage was designed to be run by a spiritual man. Marriage was designed to be run by a man who is alive to God. Marriage was designed to be run by a man who is not dead spiritually. Hallelujah. A man that is dead spiritually cannot run marriage in God's true essence. So watch this. The challenge was as though a tap inside the room was opened. You know, and it began began to flow uncontrolled and it filled the room it, it it went out into the entire flat now if the owner of that flat returns and it begins to you know pack water out of his apartment that is not the solution so god did not waste time trying to just pack out the mess that marriage has become he went for the source of it the source of it is that water that is running and not controlled hallelujah so god went to reinstate man god went to recreate man that was the solution amen if you look at it um you will discover Abraham, he, he had a wife. Of course, we knew his wife was Sarah. But along some point, he entered into Hagar. And after that, Abraham still married more wives in his old age. After the strength of God came on him. And God said little about marriage. Was it because God now approved polygamy? No. It's like telling a dog to stop barking and begin to talk. Amen. It's, it's, it's a, it's a challenge. Man is now in sensuality. Man is now, you know, dead spiritually. So how can he live the high levels of God's eternal life in this dead nature? Hallelujah. And so you will see patriots of faith, men like David, he had many wives. Thank God for the great man Solomon. Ah, that one was talking in thousands of women. Amen. Just because of the fall. And if you watch it, there was no place God called him and say, I, I created one man, one woman. Why? I've explained that to you. The problem was not just what they were doing. It was who they have become. Hallelujah. So it is key for us to understand that, you know, what happened at the fall also affected the institution of marriage all right so normally what would have been what we would have been talking about would have been you know mr a you know was made and for mrs b or for b glory to god in other words a specific man and a specific woman but may i reveal to you that god still has a will in marriage this is another point that every believer must embrace and if you are still single, I need you to acknowledge this fact. That God has a will for everyone. Amen. And you know, there is a picture of the will of God that people have painted that I feel that it is um, actually 
it's it's defamation on God's character. Hallelujah. It's defamation of character. They make it look like um, what you when you say God's will is going to be someone you won't like. It's going to be someone who made you. Who told you who you like? Is it not the God who created you? He knows what you like. Amen. He knows who he has created. He knows you. Amen. He knows what you need. Glory to God. Many a times we desire what we don't need. And that's the problem. And when God is helping us with something bigger, it now looks like uh, God gives you someone you don't like. No. If you have that mindset, you can never conceive the will of God. Until you come to a point, I have to come to this scripture, that the commandments of God are not grievous. You have to agree with the word of God. The commandments of God are not grievous. You must come to a point where you acknowledge that the plans and thoughts of God towards me, they are that of good and not of evil. To bring me to an expected end, you will see someone who is double-minded, who is thinking that, hey, let me just know the person. If it's someone I don't like, me I won't marry you, now asking God, God, please show me your will. And deep within, and the thing is that people don't know, is that God sees beyond your actions. He sees beyond what you are saying. He is the God that knows the intents of the heart. He knows you intimately. He knows you. He knows what you are thinking. He knows what you are cooking within. Hallelujah. God does not see the way man sees. Man looks at appearances. God looks into the heart. He sees the heart of man. Amen. So we must come to a point where we acknowledge, we agree with the word that God's plan towards me are that of good and not of evil. I got to a point in my life as a single lady where I began to ask myself some questions. That what exactly does the future hold for you? I told myself that I don't know. Maybe I have an idea, but I don't have the full picture. All right. Now I ask myself that which is the best? That you begin to find your way through and into the future. Or give your hand to the one who knows the future to walk you into the future. And I remember in meditation that day, I reached a conclusion. That I would rather put my hands in the hands of God. And let God lead me into the future that he has prepared for me. Let God prepare me for the future he has prepared for me. Hallelujah. If you are serious about this issue of destiny and fulfilling destiny. You must let God lead you. Amen. I am a true example of God leading one in who to marry. Glory to God. If I'm chance today, I will share part of my testimony just to bless you, just to charge you, just to encourage you, just to let you know that God still has a will. I grew up amongst believers, you know, Christians who also sought the face of God for his will. Amen. And they are married to God's will. There is such a thing as fulfillment, satisfaction add satisfaction that comes with marrying God's will. I've noticed that people who don't get it right in marriage, they don't have this satisfaction. Money cannot buy this satisfaction. I tell you that a man buys the whole world for you, cannot buy that satisfaction. If you have married the man God wants you to marry, that is when you can experience that satisfaction. My prayer for you is that you come into this satisfaction in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So I was saying to you that God has a will 
you know, for every man. Now, I've been to marriage conferences. I'm asked, I say, excuse me, ma. Does it mean that God has Mr. A in mind for me? And if I don't marry that Mr. A, that is the end. Now, this is the wisdom of God. God's will for you right now is in preparations. It is in destiny and it is in yieldedness glory to god we are in a time where man can say a no to god and god will not hold the other man ransom or hold him captive for another man disobeying him no glory to god so it is the wisdom of god so leave that question the thing is if god reveals this is your will and you know the person comes and proposes to you let god have his way there are other things to walk yes we will talk about this but listen god still has a will for man hallelujah glory to jesus and sometimes the challenge also is in the way people want this will revealed to them some want to see a vision it might not come in a vision it might just be a knowing hallelujah amen and amen it might not be those spectacular ways that you are thinking, but there will be a witness. God does not leave himself without a witness. Hallelujah. There will be a witness in your heart. So if God is saying to you that this is my will for you, and the person comes to propose, hallelujah, then you know that it is God's will. Now, if the person does not come to propose, beloved, don't tie yourself down. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm still going to break all that down because, you know, we have all these questions the will of god is this this is this understand the bible understand the scriptures amen now do you know it is god's plan that all men be saved yes as god made provision for all men to be saved yes now the next question is are all men saved no why had they not saved number one how would they be saved if they have not even heard the gospel before? Number two, they still have the choice to either choose God or to reject him. So if a man can reject God or choose God, how much more you? God can reveal you to a man and he says he doesn't want. So one thing you just have to be certain of is that you will not suffer for that man's decision. God in his eternal wisdom is omnipotent is omniscience he knows how to settle these things that is why he is god let's stop trying to be god let god be god and let us be faithful children of the living god someone say amen to that amen hallelujah glory to god all right so the next point that you need to know is that marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman emphasis on covenant emphasis on covenant if you study the book of genesis chapter 2 and verse 24 bible says that for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and will cleave unto his wife and the two shall be one flesh there are so many cultures that promote this mindset that when a man marries his family is more important than his wife. It is not scriptural. Hallelujah. When a man marries, Bible says he leaves his family and cleaves with his wife and starts a new family. And the earlier we start renewing our mind to what scripture says, the better for us. I've seen cultures where, you know, um, in-laws are stronger in the home 
than the wife, the couple. It's not scriptural. Hallelujah. The in-laws are stronger in the life of a man than the wife he has married. It is not biblical. Marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman. Little wonder in the book of Malachi, God says, I'm a witness between you and your wife whom you have dealt with treacherously. Amen. You know, there are powerful, strong scriptures. He says that husbands deal with your wives according to knowledge knowledge so that your prayers will not be hindered so it tells you there is a relationship between a man dealing with his wife and his prayers being answered or his prayers being hindered it tells you the weight it tells you the weight when god was going to compare the relationship between jesus and the church he did not use the relationship between parents and children he did not use the relationship between brother and sister siblings but he used the relationship between husband and wife that should tell you something that marriage is a covenant and it carries with with god amen hallelujah marriage carries with glory to god so marriage is a covenant now that leads to the next point children are products of marriage amen Children are products of marriage. Now listen to this point. The products of marriage are not part of the marriage. They are just products of it. Amen. They are part of the family, not part of the marriage. Marriage is between husband and wife. And you know, many of many of the times women are more guilty of this point. We allow children come in between us and our husbands. Hallelujah. You know, let me give you this joke. A man, after having two children, someone asks that, do you want to have more children? The man said, no, I'm okay with two. Not because I don't like plenty of children, but I noticed that with every child I have, my wife gets more distance from me. Mm. Hallelujah. And he laughed. What he said is something that is big on his inside. Amen. And it affects a number of women. It affects a number of women. It affects a number of women. But we must submit to these godly truths. <laughs> that the children are divine products of marriage. They are beautiful. We love them. But the truth is they are not part of the marriage covenant. And it is when women make children part of their marriage covenant. That they find it difficult to let the children go and marry their own spouses amen and we our generation will need to repent of this right from the day you have the child make allowance for the spouse amen because he is going to marry one day she's going to marry one day and the two will be one flesh and what they will share is a covenant that becomes stronger even than the blood relationship you share with your child oh, that's a shock to many hallelujah glory to god so never forget that, that children are products of a marriage. They are not part of the marriage 
covenant amen if you are guilty of that you need to repent amen this message is not to cast blames is not to make you feel bad or condemned no 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 there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in christ jesus hallelujah oh yes there is no condemnation it's a call to repentance it's a call to knowing the truth and dropping the old that you you carried hallelujah now, most marriages that work are marriages that have a good understanding of marriage. Amen. Most marriages that work are marriages where the couple involved have a good understanding of marriage. Bible says that by wisdom a house is built, by understanding it is established. Marriage can only be established by understanding. So it tells you that what a man knows can put a man ahead in life. Understanding is key. Bible says with all you're getting, get understanding. Now, one of the powerful statements I've made is that marriage must start from a standpoint of faith. Amen. Now, what I mean by that statement, what the Holy Spirit explained to me, is that when you form your concepts, your ideas of marriage from the word of God, ensure nothing steals that idea from you. Believe. It's just like faith. Amen. It is faith, actually. You know, in faith, someone believes that I am prosperous. Even though the person does not have money in her pocket or in her bank account, but she believes it. Amen. She believes it. And she will not let go of that faith she has because Jesus who was rich became poor that we through his poverty may become rich. She has held on to it tenaciously and not allowing situations or circumstances to steal that revelation from her. She holds on to it tenaciously until that which she believes will leap into being. She will begin to see it. So is marriage. The ideas of marriage you are that are scriptural that are God's idea of marriage you may not begin to see them manifest from the day of the first day of marriage but what you will see for people who have understanding is that they are working by that understanding and their marriage will eventually come to be that understanding in few years five years six years they are there you just see them you'll be wondering what do these people know that they are enjoying such a beautiful marriage and others are not enjoying it. Hallelujah. And that's why I told you that marriage must start from a standpoint of faith. Amen. Many years ago, I remember that I had to get to a point as the Lord began to teach me that I took an absolute decision by the word of God that my marriage must work. Amen. I took a vow, my marriage must work. Glory to God. Ah, Mande Kadabo Shati, my marriage must work. Say that to yourself, my marriage must work. Say it again, my marriage must work. It doesn't matter what I will need to give to it to work, my marriage must work amen most marriages that are working and that have worked did not get there over the night it was worked out amen glory to god so to work a marriage you need a very good understanding 
of God's idea of marriage. I don't want to spend much time there today because I still have a lot to cover. Amen. And um, I've also noticed that people who do well in marriage are people who have large arts of love and forgiveness. People who have mastered agape love. People who understand the love of God. People who understand the kind of love God is calling us to. When he says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. When he says love your neighbor as I have loved you. Men who have a firm grasp of love work. Oh, are men whose marriages will work. Amen. Love and forgiveness. People will forgive easily. People will forgive easily. This is not just far-fetched. Amen. Let me explain this to you. Now, if you look at marriage, marriage is so beautiful. You have a man that grew up in a different setting with different ideas. Come to marry a woman that grew up in a different setting with different ideas. It only tells you that the two of them must just see the end from the beginning. The two of them must have what I call their binding force, which must be the word of God. So that at every point, they always meet in the word. When the husband has a different perspective, the wife has a different perspective, their meeting point is in the word. Amen. There are challenges that are common to marriages. I've been a pastor for some years now. I have noticed that when Couples, especially couples in their early years of marriage, come to see us. Many of them are describing different shades of the same issues. So it tells you that those challenges are common to marriages. I faced my early marriage. The challenge of number one, a man has been free all his life. He's been single. Now he's married. You just expect him because he said, yes, I do. And the pulpit and everything about his mind has changed and renewed to the fact that he's married. There are times that he will still go house and play out with friends, forgetting that his wife is at home. Amen. And the wife is home, pained, hurting. You know, you just need to give allowance for a renewal of mind. Glory to God. You know, different, different, different ideas. A man, the man is not talking to me. A woman has cooked up this idea of, um, you know, we are going to be talking, we are going to be doing this, we are going to be doing that. Hallelujah. You need to give each other time to blend into each other. So issues are not strained to marriage, especially early marriage. The most important thing is that you are working it out. You talk about it, you are working it. A time will come it's going to be as though you were born in the same house because somehow the two of you have learned to adjust to each other amen and amen especially if you are working it by the word of god another point to work marriage is wisdom and the help of the holy spirit wisdom what i call wisdom there is the correct application of the knowledge of god's word Correct application of the knowledge of God's word. Hallelujah. And lastly, I would love to talk about a point called oldness. I always say this, that a marriage is as old, is as healthy as the two individual parties in it. Hallelujah. So I was talking about oldness. Wholeness. Huh? 
Praise God. You know, a number of marriages are in trouble today because the parties in them are not all. There are forces that if any of the individuals have in a marriage, ha, it's going to be a backlog. And they need to overcome those things before the marriage can work. For instance, insecurity. Ah, insecurity. Um, lack of good self-esteem. In other words, low self-esteem. Amen inferiority complex superiority complex they are all complexes because a man that has superiority complex will be very proud and it might be difficult to deal with such amen and um there are so many backlogs i talked about some in the beginning the ideas that we've gotten gleaned from here and there that are not scriptural but are still running like softwares in our souls we need to decode so that we can begin to encode the softwares of God's word. Hallelujah. For instance, a lady who doesn't know how to talk, I can tell you, right from her courtship, I can, in fact, before she meets the man, I will tell you she's going to have issues in marriage. Hallelujah. A man who cannot control his temper is going to have issues in marriage. So many a times, marriage is, is um, as healthy as the two individuals in them. But this is the good news. If they are a couple that are opened and exposed to the word of God, and they are in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, a church where they hear the truth, Bible says that the church of God is the ground and pillar of truth. Or oh, a church where the truth is preached, and, you know, day in, day out, or week in, week out, they are going constantly through the washing of water by the word. A time will come that they will overcome these weaknesses. A time will come that they will develop into wholeness. A time will come that they would have overcome all those challenges. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And that's why the greatest challenge in marriage is lack of spiritual growth of any of the individual parties or both of the parties. But if the two of them are growing and they are maturing, one constant thing you will see is that the challenges that the couple dealt with last year, they have overcome it this year. But when they are not growing spiritually, then you notice that the enemy can use that challenge as a foothold and begin to, you know, <laughs> make it wider and wider until it becomes a major issue in their marriage. Hallelujah. So it is important that a couple are exposed to the word of God, the washing of water by the word, again and again, week in, week out. I told a couple something, the church you attend will have a direct impact on the quality of your marriage. I'm telling you the truth. If you attend a place where the word of God is not taught, <laughs> it's funny while growing up, I'd been to a couple of churches, maybe traveled to uncle's place and all that. Then I remember this particular church. The man of God said, what do I want to preach today that you've not heard before? 
Oh, we have heard everything in the world, in the word of God. Let's all dance. And we dance for five hours. There's nothing wrong with dancing, but dancing cannot take the place of the word of God. Hallelujah. Then the next Sunday, I was still there. He said the same thing. I mean, for the three Sundays that we attended that church, I did not hear one word. And, you know, um, <laughs> the people who went to visit told us that that's the way the church is. And you are there. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Listen, the nature of God in us only develops, only gets stronger, you know, by the word of God that we listen to. What food is to the human body is what the word of God is to the human spirit. Any human spirit that is denied of the word of God will fail to thrive. The flesh will gain ascendancy in such a human. Hallelujah. Say not me. In Jesus name. Glory to God. You need to get the word of God in your spirit. You need to let the word of God give you your perspective to live in. You are a Christian beloved. You are not a mere man. You are not an unbeliever. The life of God is in you. The nature of God is in you. That nature feeds your marriage. That nature feeds everything about you. Glory to God. So spiritual maturity Maturity is so key so that one can be whole in life and this can have a direct influence on one's marriage. Amen. So I told you of a place I had to come to that my marriage must work. Amen. You know, the Lord gave me this beautiful picture that now that you are married, it's like they have brought you to an open field, you and your husband. They brought you to an open field and they said build. Hallelujah. But some of us behave as though they brought us to a mansion. And um, we just expect to start living in the mansion and, you know, start going in and out of the mansion. No, it's not like that. Maybe what causes the challenge is that marriage is that institution where they give you the certificate before you write the exam. Amen. The day you get married, they give you the certificate. So you feel that, yes, you've accomplished. No, it's the starting point. <laughs> it's the starting point. You know, the Lord showed it to me this way. That understanding, understanding is key. Glory to God. That you are not in a finished and well-furnished mansion. You have just been brought to a plain ground. Amen. So you are to build with your husband this magnificent mansion of your marriage on this open field that we have brought you or that you have been given. Although everything needed to build has been provided, everything needed to build has been paid for, everything needed to build has been given, but it takes faith to take them. It takes faith to know the stores where they've been paid for and to pick them up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It takes the wisdom of God to put those pieces of building materials together. And it takes the help of the Holy Spirit to have the same power while you are building. Then you can begin to put together this beautiful mansion. Say, I can build my home. And I refer you back again to Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 1. 
He says a wise woman. Say I'm a wise woman. Say I'm a wise woman. You know, I want to define wisdom in that scripture today as a woman who responds to her husband, responds to situations and circumstances, not based on her emotions, but based on her understanding. That is wisdom. Glory to God. A woman that will respond emotionally cannot build even, you know, a single room out of the mansion. Glory to God. Because emotions can ruin things. Emotions, yes, they feel very real. Especially to women. I am a woman. I know how it feels like sometimes. Sometimes it feels like you should just leave and leave the man and just go, yes, all that. You know, emotions is that feeling that makes you feel that that man has been no good to you and is a lie. Just because of one thing that maybe he's not yet doing, that we still get and he will do. Some years into my marriage, I began to see that those things that I desired early in marriage are the things I am now saying. I thought to myself, what if I had given up? Glory to God. Hallelujah. As I seen those things, I'm like, oh God, thank you. Thank you for the grace to stay. Thank you for the wisdom you gave me. Thank you for the understanding you gave me to stay and build. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let this be your approach. You have to learn it. See, learn it. It starts, it starts from somewhere. I started it one day. When I just got married, you know, I responded a lot to my husband from my emotions. And it caused trouble. It caused a lot of trouble, I tell you. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. He began to teach me. And by and by, I started learning. Initially, it wasn't easy that you are really feeling this way and you just have to respond by understanding. It was challenging in the beginning, but I did not give up. I kept believing in it because I knew that the Holy Spirit taught me and it was the word of God. I kept believing in it a day after another. I kept believing in it year in year and in short years. Hallelujah. I began to see that what I was trying to, you know, get by responding emotionally, responding by understanding was giving it to me on the platter of gold. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm saying to you that um, you are able to build this mansion of your marriage. Amen. All right, so there will be challenges sometimes. It looks like you should quit. Sometimes it feels like you have gotten to your breaking point. But with determination and absolute reliance on the help that God's word and spirit supplies, you will realize that your capacity keeps increasing. And nations will be attracted to the magnificence of the mansion that you will build from your marriage. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, so let me try to merge marriage now and ministry. I said to you in the beginning that if there is no proper understanding, A, these two can hinder one another. Marriage can hinder ministry. Ministry can hinder marriage. As part of the curriculum on Refined, we are going to be studying on women in ministry, women that did ministry, especially those in God's generals. Hallelujah. And one of the things you will notice 
is that many of them had challenges with marriage. I remember many years ago when the Lord spoke to me, I had an encounter and he said to me that I was going to be doing ministry. I told God, I said, God, ah, no, I've not seen any woman. You know, most of the women I read in God's generals, they didn't have a good marriage. Me, I want a good marriage. Hallelujah. And the Lord says, for this reason, I'm raising you. Hey, hallelujah. Glory to God. So it is possible to have a good ministry and to have a good marriage. It doesn't mean that there won't be examinations. It doesn't mean that there won't be tests. But if you can learn to just live by this secret I've delivered to you today, and you gather understanding from God's word of marriage, and you take a deliberate decision to live by understanding and not from emotions, you will always be on top and above of every challenge. Hallelujah. So it's important that as a woman of God, don't let the work of the ministry hinder your marriage. And don't let marriage hinder the work of the ministry. A number of men of God too, you know, had challenges with the wives they married. Amen. And you know, sometimes I just sit down and meditate. Some said that it's because the wife was a witch. And my own question is, did this woman actually start this way? And you know, one thing I've discovered in these years of ministry and marriage is that if a woman is not careful, especially a pastor's wife, the devil will make a witch out of the woman. I'm telling you, in a bit to fight for what is right, in a bit to stand for what she feels is right, you know, you can imagine a man of God always traveling, ministering to other people and does not care about the children, and the wife is bitter about that, and she begins to react onto a point where she becomes an hindrance on the way of ministry. There is no day they won't label that woman a witch. Whereas what she's fighting for is actually genuine. The only challenge is that she's not fighting for it in the right way. Glory to God. So I will say to you that every pastor's marriage requires a mentor. Amen. Every man and woman in ministry requires. It is good they have someone they can talk to. Listen to me. Let me say this to you. If your husband, you know, is having someone he wants to submit to, don't stand in the way because you will need that person very soon. I can tell you the truth about that. Amen. Glory to God. So it's important there is someone that, you know, it's above in the vertical upward relationship over your marriage someone because um, a number of people when things happen they go to family family is good family is beautiful but let me say this except in a situation where the person you are reporting to has been dealt with by god most of the time family will take sides with their own either deliberately or otherwise they will take sides with their own amen so you need someone of like passion someone who is in ministry someone who has gone ahead that can you know be like a covering over that marriage it is very key i have noticed that marriages that have people over them they do better than marriages that there is nobody to talk to there is nobody to talk to and let me warn pastor's wife at this junction the journey can get lonely 
That's the word. But with the Holy Spirit's helps, you help, you will never be lonely in Jesus' name. Because the time we come as a pastor's wife, you just have to cut down on friends. Amen. Because it's not everybody you can say everything to. And you cannot, in a bit to gist, you can't be telling the secrets of church members to friends. And the information you will possess, but the reason of the office where you stand is going to be people's information. Hallelujah. And you cannot afford to get to a place where you are gisting with your friends with people's secrets, people's information. The people don't even need to know. The God of the people will ask you. Hallelujah. Because the office you are, you are occupying is an office that needs maturity and sensitivity and confidentiality. Amen. You are dealing with God's precious people. People will come and confide in you. You cannot be gisting with their issues. Glory to God. So, you must learn to develop friendship with your husband. In ministry, it's also important for a woman. You must learn to catch your phone on the move. Don't always wait, you know. Um, ah, eh, okay, when my husband comes. The day your husband comes, a church member may call for something urgent. That you yourself know that my husband should go and attend to this. It's just like the assignment of a medical doctor. So you need to learn to catch your phone on the move. There are some ministrations you go with him for. Well, maybe not in the very early years of your children. And that's why I encourage pastor's wives. Don't have a child and have another one ten years later. You are not helping yourself. Amen. If there is no delay, we believe God will nullify any form of delay. Have your children in two years interval. If it is three, so that you know in six years, you are done. Hallelujah, if it is four, then, you know, ensure you are done in six years. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that the, the three or the four of them, or the five of them, as the case may be, may grow up together. So that by the time they are entering into secondary school, entering into university, you will know you are free. Not that the first one is entering into university, the second one is still in primary one. Hallelujah. So that, you know, this is ministry. You need to be dynamic with it. You also need to be there for your husband. And I want to take time to talk about this, especially under the subject of marriage and ministry. You see, there are a number of situations around ministry that it takes the pastor's wife to help. Amen. The enemy is also there in his camp trying what he can to bring the man of God down. And if you know the means through which, you know, the enemy tries to attack men of God, strange woman is a key part of it. And usually the temptation happens when the man of God has to travel and travel and travel without his wife. And you know, to, 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 to affect the story, there is a beautiful Okmalenge secretary following him around. He's a man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say, I am the wife of my own husband. Another woman will not wife my husband for me. In the name of Jesus, stand up. What we call wife is a responsibility, is a ministry to the husband. Hallelujah. 
You have to understand it. Don't just want to be wife because you want to change your name. Don't just want to be wife because you want to have children. You are wife because you have a ministry to your husband. And now being in ministry makes it a critical assignment. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen and amen. So, we've spoken about it. The ministry of a pastor's wife in the life of of her husband let me say this to you as a wife of a pastor you must be spiritually sensitive in fact desire spiritual gifts desire the gifts of the spirit you know many a times in marriage it is by word of knowledge that i know what is going on with my husband Hallelujah. Because I don't know why I think it's just a men thing. Most men don't want to tell, you know, they don't want to open up and tell their wives their needs or their challenges. They feel like, um, you know, they, they are the men. They can anchor everything. They can shoulder everything. I remember at some point, you know, I knew there was something that my husband was thinking on. He didn't share it. I went on my knees. I said, Holy Spirit, show it to me and show me the solution. You know, I remember I went to him. I said, sweetheart, how are you? He said, I'm fine. I said, sweetheart, I know that this and this and this is going. I said, who told you? And I said, the Holy Spirit revealed a solution to me. And I said it to him. He said, wow, thank God for my wife, a woman of wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the Holy Spirit gave me shining <laughs> without him i couldn't have achieved that amen i am nothing without god it is with him that i have you know a meaning in him i live and move and have my being hallelujah glory to god so i want to charge you today pay attention to your work with god to your relationship with god amen and i also want to challenge every pastor's wife listen to your husband's messages it's important every pastor's wife catches the art of the husband is going to help the beautiful blend of marriage and ministry and ministry and marriage it's going to help that the two will be able to flow together as a powerful duo that will lead to fulfillment in both areas hallelujah glory to god you must catch the spirit of your husband you must understand where he's talking from you must know the revelation is sharing don't just be busy you know with other things that you don't care about the ministry it doesn't matter if you are called or you are not called you must understand what your husband is teaching in fact i say this you must be the first um um, church member, first, first convert in that sense of your husband's messages. I listen to my husband's messages more than any other minister. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because there is, there is a mandate on me to internalize the message God has given him. Amen. And that's where you can begin to talk about praying for him. A man you don't even know what he is preaching. You don't understand what he is doing. What gears you up to pray for him? Hallelujah. You know, what? The, the one I've realized that one of the things that engineers praying for my husband is when he blesses me with revelation. Oh my God. But if you don't listen to him, how will he bless you? Amen and amen. Glory to God. Of course, that should not remove the place of listen, listening to your spiritual parents. 
Amen. Listen a lot to your spiritual parents. I'm not removing that place. I'm not erasing that place. But I'm saying to you that after your spiritual parents, those that have, you know, a say in your life, understand your husband's message. Hallelujah. Internalize it. I want to read you two scriptures. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4. The Lord had given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth my ear to hear as the learned. As a woman, you must pray this scripture every day. You must confess this scripture. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4. Amen. You must know, you know, after praying this scripture again and again, it got to a point I knew the right answer. Before then, I used to talk off points. Hallelujah. In marriage. But when I had an encounter in this scripture, I discovered that my words became graceful. I became a woman who spoke better. Amen. By the help of God's spirit. Proverbs 15 and verse 23, it says, A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good is it? Amen. There are two important lessons a woman of God must learn. Learn not to always respond in anger. That's still emotions. Amen. And you, number two, you must get out of selfishness in marriage. This is another issue in marriage. Selfishness. You know, sometimes, sincerely, we women could be selfish. It looks like marriage is all about us. Eh, me, my this, my dad, my children my have you ever cared for that man have you ever shown him care does the man of god know that he has a wife do you care for him do you minister to him hallelujah glory to god you know i said it before a man may never show you that he needs encouragement most of the time they show that they are mature men but sensitive women are discerning and they know how to speak the right words in the right season. I also cannot overemphasize the place of sex. <laughs> I cannot overemphasize that. I won't say anything about that today. So, the session for married women will be announced this week. Watch out for it. Glory to God. Another thing is, Ah. Glory to God. Moko toju. Can they pray in tongues? Amen. You know, a pastor's wife, ministry and marriage. Glory to God. I'm sorry for those who don't know how to speak Yoruba, who don't understand Yoruba. What I've said is that care for your husband. Go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. A man should not be eating his best food or his most enjoyable food outside marriage. I tell you, there can't be a better cook for your husband out there. Amen. Glory to God. Honor him. Honor your husband. Pray for your husband. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen and amen. So, marriage and ministry. Or should I say ministry and marriage? 
So as we go to the next book, we are not yet going because this week we are in, we are studying chapters five and six. I believe you've been reading that. We are going to be having the book review on chapter five and chapter six of five M's of ministry on Thursday. We will be starting another book and it's God's generals. We want to study the females that God used in that book and talk about why God used them, the challenges they faced in ministry and in marriage. We are looking at both. So in the light of this topic, ministry and marriage, we'll be studying those books. So I believe that as we study them, more things will come up, more questions will come up, and we will be able to address, you know, these things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Okay, I believe that you were blessed today and you heard the word of God. Alright, so let your marriage be a catalyst for ministry. Amen. Let your marriage be a catalyst for fulfillment of ministry. Do not allow the enemy turn your marriage to an hindrance for fulfillment of ministry. Marriage is beautiful. Marriage is God's idea. Let us run it by God's perspective. And you know, this word just came to me right now. There are some of you that the truth of God's word that you believed about marriage, you have let them go. You submitted them to situations and circumstances, to emotions, bad emotions you have suffered. The Lord said you should repent because it's looking like you never believed in those things. If you believed in those things, you believe that a man and a woman are one in marriage. That's God's idea. You believe that a woman should honor her husband, cook for her husband, you know, have good sex for her husband, care for her husband. You believe that a, a, a husband should care for the wife, love, her, love his wife, and you have let go of those things. It means you never truly believe them. What you add is that you just, um, you just add that idea and you thought you were just coming to see it happen. No. The proof that you believe it is that your marriage will eventually become it. Even if it is not looking like it yet, you will believe your marriage into it. It is called faith for marriage. Hallelujah. And I know this is God's plan. Amen. Alright, so repent right now. God is working on your marriage. I want us to begin to speak life into our marriages. For those that are married. I want you to begin to call those mountains in your marriage, you know, um, surmounted. The mountains become plain ground. In the name of Jesus, look at those mountains. And for every marriage where strange women are the cause, don't give up on your marriage. Marriage. I encourage you, stand up. It is those women that are strange. Hallelujah. Cut them off on your knees in the place of marriage. Where is the generation of women that believe in their husbands that snatch them from the lion's mouth and get them restored on the path of faith and of God? Mm -hmm. Beloved, 
marriage starts from the standpoint of faith. You have to believe in your man. You have to believe in your marriage. It doesn't matter if he made a mistake. Don't give up on him. Don't give up on faith. If you can turn this testimony inside out, you will be a shining light to those coming behind you. That even though the enemy attacked us, yet we are still standing. That is the testimony. Hallelujah. Lord, I demand healing for every marriage. Lord, I demand healing for every marriage. In the name of Jesus, I want you to take time out and pray for your marriage right now. I want you to take time out and snatch your marriage out of the hands of the wicked one. I want you to take time out and snatch your marriage out of the hand of that strange woman. I want you to believe in your husband unto the fulfillment of his destiny. Don't give up on him. Don't give up on his destiny. Oh, Gabo Shanamaka Yidabo Sutebedi Haiti Diata Lumonose. Oh, thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.